Youth Ministry United is sponsored by G-Shades. G-Shades is a youth ministry curriculum focused on helping students see every life situation through the lens of the gospel. Now, since the pandemic has hit so many churches so hard financially, G-Shades is offering six months of their middle and high school curriculum absolutely free. It will include full message videos, teaching manuscripts, small group guides, parent guides, Instagram devos, games, graphic slides, and bumper videos. And normally six months of their premium subscription is $140, but G Shades is offering it to you for free to help you win with your lead pastor while your church begins to recover from the pandemic. So go to gshades.org today. That's G-S-H-A. DES.org to download six months of free youth ministry curriculum and tell a youth worker friend about this awesome gift so their church can get in on it too. G Shades, seeing life through the lens of the gospel. Now enjoy today's episode. Welcome to the Youth Ministry United podcast, where our goal is to equip you, encourage you, and empower you to do all that God has called you to do in your youth ministry. So, without further ado, let's jump into this week's episode. All right, well, welcome back for another episode of Youth Ministry United. I am the pod father or the TikTok king or whatever you want to call me. No, um, his new nickname is Justin Timberlake. Just take a look oh. at his hair. <laughs> no. He is, he no. is the That's new JT, right. and he's got 2020 vision. Stop. Stop. Nope. Nope. So I'm, exci- I'm excited about this episode, though. Uh, we've got Graham. Uh, what, is your, what is your nickname? Oh, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Or- we got more. Dude, hey, before you get into that, you are like a Joey Fatone kind of guy. <laughs> I've seen Matt with a Joey Fatone kind of look going on. Thanks. Thanks. He has relinquished <laughs> his title as the Podfather. He is now Joey Fatone. Think member. Okay. I don't know how I feel about this. Can uh, you sing we, bye 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 for us? That's not happening. <laughs> not happening. We've but, but we've got Graham here with us. Graham, what's up, bro? What's up? Howdy, y'all. I feel like I'm a guest myself. I haven't been here in a minute. That's right. A couple of life things happened. I had a baby. I look pretty good, considering. You had a baby? I just had one. I did. I did have That's one. That's awesome. That's awesome. No, my wife had one. She's amazing. That's great. My wife and the baby. There you go. There we go. And then we've also got Chief with us. Chief, what's up? Chief, Chief. What it is, baby. what it do. <laughs> So excited to be here, y'all, all the way. I'm here. There we go. Awesome. And then we have got a very, very special guest with us today, Kristen Dooley. Kristen, how are you? I am doing well. That is great. That is great. <laughs> she you, got applauded. You should be, she did get applauded. You, you should be very excited to be on this podcast. Most of our guests tell us that... This is the most fun podcast they've ever been on. Okay. Uh, so. <laughs> I'll let you know. <laughs> she's going she's gonna to have to take your word for it because she's having zero fun so far. <laughs> wait. Just wait. You will, you will have fun. No, she won't. <laughs> this is going to be the we most boring podcast. We may get nothing done. We're not even going to get to the topic of conversation. 
We will eventually. Uh, After but, her nickname but, is established. <laughs> that's right. But so, Kristen, we, we always like to start with our guests after we get done with our nicknames, of course. Uh, but we want to know your story, who you are, where you serve, what you do, all that good stuff. So go ahead and tell us uh, who you are. Tell us your story. Okay. Well, uh, my name is Kristen Dooley. I am currently in Westchester, Ohio, serving as a discipleship pastor at Anthem House Church. Uh, We planted Anthem about four years ago. Uh, Some of my lifelong ministry friends uh, came along and they said, hey, we want to make disciples. And the best way we know how to do that is to gather people together and to launch a church. And so that's what we've done. And we have been uh, headfirst into discipleship for like four years. And um, it has been rough and amazing all at the same time. Uh, So before that, I was at Cincinnati Vineyard Student Ministries for a long time. I think I was in student ministries for 15 years. I did middle school, high school, a little bit of everything. And uh, before that, I was at a church in Middletown where I grew up. I gave my life to the Lord at 18, immediately felt called into ministry. I didn't even know what that was or what that looked like. I didn't see a lot of females uh, speaking, but I stood in the back of a student ministry room one weekend, and I just felt like that was the vision that the that the Lord laid on my heart, had no idea what to do with that. Um, And I accidentally told two guys that were interning at the church and they knew exactly what to do with it. They just poured and invested in me and it just never even crossed their minds that I couldn't uh, do everything that they gave me access to. And so uh, for almost 20 years, that's what I've done. Uh, Speak, teach, write, uh, disciple, you name it. It is, it is our life, and that's what we do as a family. That's right. That's awesome. Uh, and Kristen, no, no student ministry podcast is complete without an icebreaker question, right? Okay. Uh, so this is going to be a curveball for you, but this is my favorite icebreaker question that we've asked recently, okay? Oh, jeez. If you were staring any mammal face-to-face, okay, and this mammal could <laughs> – sorry. This mammal couldn't run away, Okay. What mammal do you think you could knock out with one punch? A kitten. <laughs> I don't. I Best don't answer. Best answer so I far. Want a kitten. small one. <laughs> yes. I don't want it to be hard. <laughs> I love it. I think you know. I think everybody's answer needs to be a feline. <laughs> yes they're yes. the worst yeah they're oh, hanging great. out with satan That's in legit. hell right now <laughs> they're so mean they are they're Here's demonic the they really are <laughs> they're if, awful if you if you love cats and you're listening to this podcast you need to move on <laughs> wow. end it right now this podcast is not for you if you like cats we just lost uh, listeners good luck in ministry well, you know what? We'll, we'll pray Darn for you it. guys. They, dog people only. That's it. The Youth Ministry United podcast. Dog friendly only. Cat people like any, not welcome. I feel like anything that's got nine lives isn't allowed in heaven. That's just my, my personal opinion. I can't back yeah. that up scripturally. That's just what I think. <laughs> just now. That, um, that's awesome. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. She said it. She said it. And I just pictured this little tiny kitten going, meow, meow. 
<laughs> and her just like, you, mm, mm. Just, right you know, hook, right hook to the jaw. And listen, I've been punched TV. by my wife with the, uh, you know, with the engagement ring. I just want, that's like stabbing somebody. I mean, I can just picture it. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Ooh, okay. I'm sorry. This is all right. So we're, yes, this is a podcast. So we're actually going to get to, uh, we're actually going to get to some stuff here. Uh, Graham, you got a question. Go ahead. Yeah. So um, outside of the kitten thing, <laughs> it's, I'm so lost in the kittens right now. All right. Anyway. Whew. All right. So not only all the stuff you said, first of all, I, I kind of relate with that. I didn't get saved until I was 17 myself. So I don't know what your background before you got saved was, but it's very similar. Got saved and then was like, this is what I feel called to do for the rest of my life. So that's awesome. It's cool to know there's other people like that out there. Um, But apart from all that you just said that you are, you are also an author, right? You have a book coming out. Uh, So tell us about that. It's going to be out on September 15th. What's the book called? What's the heartbeat behind the book? Talk about what God, how God laid that together in you and, and, and what has now become your book. So the um, book is called Left Turns, Following Jesus Off the Beaten Path. And it is a story of friendship and discipleship. And I, uh, the basis of it is the reality is if we sat at a table with the disciples and we were just talking with them about their life with Jesus and we asked them their favorite moments, their favorite memories, I, I think that they wouldn't answer by the scriptures that we know. Like, I don't think those are the stories that they would tell us. They might mention like Peter walking on water or feeding of the 5,000, but I think they're going to talk about things that we don't even know about. They're going to have inside Mm -hmm. jokes and they're going to be like, remember that time Jesus did this. And I remember that time that this happened. And there's going to be this whole friendship dynamic that they would just like start talking about. And uh, I just have this thing inside of me that I want people to understand there is a left turn for everyone. And it's off the beaten path that we actually get to know who he is, where he, he stops just becoming this like obsolete thing in the background that we are spending our life serving. And he starts becoming this friend that we are living with, that we're doing life with, that we begin to know and begin to allow ourselves to be known by. And uh, it it was based off of my own personal journey. About six years ago, I was at the uh, at the mega church and doing youth ministry, not really asking for a lot of change. I wasn't unhappy with anything. Didn't really want to go anywhere. Planned to spend my entire life at with that at that place with my family. And I was out for a run one day and felt like Holy Spirit whisper inside of me, like to turn left. I remember thinking, well, I don't really want to turn left. Like my run, like I don't need to turn left. I'm running five miles and I'm almost there. And turning left takes me up a big hill and off the beaten path. And um, it just didn't sound necessary. But I just kept feeling this prompting from the father that that's what I needed to do. So I turned and as I like trekked it up this hill, um, it was a construction zone. It was uh, messy and muddy. I had to slow down. I had to pay attention to what my surroundings were. And I come back down the hill and I pick up the path on the other side. I just remember having this moment with the father where he was like, I was like, what was that about? And I felt like he was like, I'm about to ask you to turn left and it's going to feel unnecessary. It's going to feel unprompted. You're going to have to slow down because it's going to be a hill and there's going to be stuff all over the place that you don't recognize, but I'm going to bring you back to the path and um, I'm going to need you to trust me. 
And so I had that kind of hidden in the back of my heart uh, when this left turn came up for me out of nowhere. And so I, I really had to walk through taking God at his word. Like, did I really trust him in the same way that I told these students for years? Like, you can follow him anywhere. Like, he's not going to fail you. He's not going to disappoint. Like, he's not going to let you down. At the end of the day, you're always going to be thankful that you have given everything in following him. And so I just felt like, gosh, it's really the opportunity to put my money where my mouth is, for lack of a better illustration. Like, do I really believe what I said? Can I really follow him to a place that I don't know? So I turned left and resigned from my job in student ministries. I didn't know what was happening. But shortly after that, I met um, a, who is now a new friend of mine. Her name is Daniela. I met her at Panera and we started talking and she proceeded to tell me about this uh, old firehouse in downtown Hamilton, which is like, you know, five minutes from my house. It's a not not the nicest area, kind of a red light district area. And she had this vision to turn this old firehouse into a house of prayer and worship. And she had met the man who owned it and he had offered her the keys to the house. And so she's sitting before me with this huge opportunity and um, which is nothing that I ever wanted to do. Like this is a dingy firehouse with no electric, no water, broken windows, like mice and rodents and cats everywhere. And they had, we had to borrow the electric from the brothel next door. And we had to uh, become friends with the homeless shelter on the other side of the street. And I just remember thinking, this has to be the left turn. Like, this is out of nowhere. Like, I do student ministries. I work in a church. I make copies, and I, I send out emails, and I make production videos, and I stand on a stage in front of hundreds of people. Like, I'm going to go to the red light district in Hamilton next to a brothel and a, a homeless shelter, and I'm going to start a house of prayer and worship. And, like, I have no idea how to do that. And so... I uh, partnered with her and that's what we did. And that journey off the beaten path has been um, the most foundational piece of my life as far as my development with my, my father and learning to trust him and learning to know him and realizing that he actually doesn't need me to do student ministries. He doesn't need me to do adult ministry. He doesn't need me to do discipleship ministry. Like this isn't about him needing me to do a job so that I can so that he can get something done. Like he's capable of creating the universe in seven days. He can actually figure out all of this without my help. Wow. He wants me to do it. And he wants to be with me because it's about him and I working together and walking together. And so just the shift, that mind, that paradigm shift in my life allowed me to do, like came back to the beaten path, right? I planted a church. I'm doing the same thing that I was doing with students. Now I'm doing it with adults. And but the mind shift, the, the paradigm shift in my life is like, oh, this isn't about what I'm going to do for God. This is about what I'm doing with God. And it has just made all of the difference in the world. Wow. I've wrote so many notes down. I just want you to know that. So I wanted to, I was going to do like a backup of what you said. I've got like 48 things. So, you know, <laughs> two seconds here. You said a bunch of things, man. I just think it's good. First of all, the fact that the Holy Spirit told you to run up the hill, I'd have argued. I don't know if that would have happened. So you're awesome. <laughs> Second of all, man, I love, I love that you, you said that he becomes his friend. And I think the point you made about the if we ask the disciples their favorite memories with him, we wouldn't get the scriptures that we, we wouldn't necessarily just get those. 
And I think we forget that. I think a lot of people tend to look at the Bible and go, this is it. There, you know, there's, there was no, there was no behind the scenes. There was nothing. This is it. And, and that's just, you know, that's obviously wrong. Um, but I'll, 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 I'll land on this. And if you want to expound, you can, but for me, I think you hit it on the head and I'm excited for the book because you said he wants me to do whatever it is, uh, because he wants to do it with me. Not that he needs me to do it, but he wants to do it with me. I love that. Mm. Gosh, that just takes the work, work right out of it. It makes it better. That's awesome. We could just drop the mic right there. I'm good. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's so good. That, yeah, I absolutely love that. That's so good. So, so Kristen, you, you said, I mean, hundreds of things, obviously, uh, 48, as, as Graham would say, 48 really good things in there. Um, but I, I, I can't help but to think like you are on this podcast uh, for me to listen to. Um, I'll be really honest with you. This is going to come out in mid September. Um, and I have actually at this point, uh, resigned from my ministry, uh, role at my church mm-hmm. and, um, and feel like God is calling me and my family back home and, um, out of full-time ministry at this moment. And, um, and kind of coincidentally enough into the firehouse, and to uh, join the fire department back at home. Oh, and so that's just good. these, isn't this weird? Yeah, that's good. And so um, I'm just sitting here and, and it, uh, I'll tell you right now, it is a blessing just to be here and just to hear this story. Um, and so my question is, right, what does it take? What, like, let me, let me kind of, I, I wrote this down. So give me a second. Um, how do we find the courage? What does it take to have the courage to take that left turn to go off the beaten path for Christ? Right. Um, I, I can tell you it, it's not easy. So how do we, as, as youth workers, how do we say that to our students to say, it's okay to take the, uh, to take a step off the beaten path? Well, how, how do we gain and, and, and give that courage to our students? Yeah. Yeah. I think like, we, I think we sometimes try to do it backwards, right? Like we think I'm going to take this step so that then I can become and be where he wants me to be. And um, I think our identity is what drives us uh, to be able to turn left, right? It's the father. He, I'm, I'm a daughter of a really good dad, right? Like he is really good. And he, like, I'm his favorite. And he, his, his countenance with me is a, it's an eternal smile. And so as a daughter, when I really actually believe that when he invites me to turn left, I can find courage in him. Like I don't have, I don't have any confidence in myself. Like I had no idea what was going to happen. Like no part of me wanted to leave my friends, my community. I mean, these people are my family. Like, you know what it's like to be in ministry with people and so I didn't have any confidence in me, but like I had confidence in him. And so like, but there was this, this eternal tension, right. With my feelings, because my feelings make really bad drivers. And so they wanted to like drive me to safety and security. And so that's when like scripture had to begin to play a role. And I almost had to, uh, I didn't almost had to, I had to parent my feelings, right. Because my mind knew 
what God said, what his promises were, that he's never going to leave me, that he's not going to forsake me, that everywhere I go, I'm stepping on a path that he has already uh, ordained for my life, that whether I look to the right or to the left, I'm going to hear his voice and he's going to tell me which way to walk. And uh, I, I know all of these promises in my head, but I have to begin to disciple my heart. I had to disciple my own heart. I had to parent my heart because my feelings don't know that, right? My feelings don't know that... Uh, no matter what happens, that he's going to make it right. And uh, my feelings are insecure and feel insignificant and are, are struggling with it, what's unpopular. And so in those moments, like the, my fear would begin to take over and I would have to figure out how to parent myself in the same way that I would parent one of my kids uh, when they don't understand what it is that I'm trying to, because here's the thing, I'm, I'm imperfect, so I will fail my kids. But my motives towards my kids are to always set them up on, for success, to always put their feet on the right path, to point them in the right direction. And, but they're sometimes not going to understand that, right? Because I know what they don't know. I see what they can't see. And so in the moments where what I'm saying doesn't make sense to them, it's my relationship with them that will enable them to trust me with what they don't see and what they don't know. And so like for me, when I really struggled to trust, I didn't ask God to help me do better. Like I didn't ask him to help me uh, take the step. I asked him to, to help me fall in love with him more because it's, it's the love of Christ that compels me to follow Christ. And so it was not, it was a love deficit. Like if I'm struggling to turn left when he's asked me to turn, like all it represents is like, it's a, it's a little bit of an identity tweak, right? Because a really good dad of a daughter is never going to fail. Like he's perfect. He's not going to fail me. And so I can turn without hesitation when I'm, when I'm solid in my identity and I'm confident in who, who he says he is. Does that make sense? Yeah. Goodness. Yeah. Come on now. <laughs> I'm serious. Like that, that, that it is huge. And it's so cool. Like, it, and I mean, I'll just, I'm going to take it for a second and just say how, how, how much of a blessing it is just to hear that. Right. And to, for, for me, uh, just to say, okay, we're doing, doing these things. We're making these decisions for our family based on him, even though it feels like we're not right. So even though it, it looks different and, and I'm stepping out of ministry full time, but I get the opportunity to do other things in, in different kind of ministry. And even though it's scary, cause I'll be honest with you. I sat down last night after I had a conversation with, with my lead team and uh, was like, okay, well now what do I do? Right. But it's, 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 it's just having courage and, and, and parenting myself. That is huge for me because it's okay. I love that. I just love that. And, and so I'm going to take that right now. I've got 48 points of notes. Um, we're up to like 96. This is pretty impressive um, on how to parent ourselves. And I absolutely love that. So Kristen, thank you so much. That's amazing. That's good. You're welcome. Yeah, I wrote that down too. Uh, parent myself and underlined it because what you said, and it's funny, it's as, you were, as you were saying, when you see yourself as a daughter, right, who – who you're God's favorite, as you see yourself, that's becomes who you are. I, you said when he does 
tell you to take a left turn there's you know there's a you have a courage or a safety in that because of because of who you are to him and I thought about you know I have two daughters obviously one was just one was just born uh, she's four weeks old and then I but I've got a two-year-old and a four-year-old son and I, I think to myself you're saying that I'm visualizing myself walking with them and going hey bud let's go this way and what I know about my son or what I know about my two-year-old is they just go there is no there is no question. They just go, okay, they don't know what's over there. They don't know that I don't know what's over there. And if I do know, they just assume that daddy knows that this is the way to go. Right. And so it's so good. So the, the thing that the illustration that's in my head is like when Jesus is talking and he's like, you know, you have to become like the children to inherit the kingdom. And like, we spend all of these times, like all of our time in young adulthood trying to grow up Right. And then we, we have these grown up reasonable feelings. And then we come to this point in our faith where we're like, Oh, like I actually have to grow down. Right. Like I got to go deeper. And the way that I go deeper is to become a child. And so it doesn't make sense for an adult to be a child. Right. It doesn't make, but, but childlike faith is that whole thing. Like when my kids would like catch me, dad, and like, there's no hesitation and they just jump and they don't even think about it because there's such a, because it's childlike the way that they trust their father to be there to catch them. And so we spend all of our time trying to grow people up. And at some point in time, we've got to grow them down because their, their roots have to go deep enough to understand that like, he's a dad, like he, he's a king and he's a ruler and he, he rules justly over all of the earth. But at his heart, he's a father and he's a perfect father. And so we have to understand, um, we get, we get to, we get to experience the dynamic of that. For me, that father daughter relationship for you would be that father son relationship. And, um, and I think that's essential for us to get to a place of, um, I didn't need to become convinced of my love for God. I needed to become convinced of his love for me. And that changed everything. Wow. <laughs> That's so good. I needed to hear this. I needed to hear that for me. Come on. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. super good. I'm, I'm, there's probably hundreds of listeners right now saying the same thing. Um, but, and, and I'll go to the next question, but I'm going to segue it this way. Is, I, you're just, I'm just writing. I got 48 more notes here. I don't know. This is the number we're going to go with today. It's 48. But you said we spend our lives trying to grow up, but Jesus tells us to become like the children. And I wrote equals maturity because you said that, you know, and I'm thinking about as a youth pastor, I have spent my entire youth ministry career, whether as a volunteer or as, a, as just a small group leader or as a student pastor full time. I have always tried to get these students to grow up, to mature in their faith. But I feel like my, my view of that as a maturity in faith was a was wrong. I feel like, I feel like I'm trying to get a behavior, mm -hmm. but I feel like maturity and faith is, yeah. is like you said, yeah. it's becoming children. Yes. Um, it, it's never like, so this is the church, right? This was me, right? I, I modified my behavior, but I didn't transform my heart. Come on. So out of a, if, if we can have students, if, if we can have adults who have transformed hearts, the behavior takes care of itself. Yeah. And I don't care if somebody is, has a drug problem. I like neither does the father. He wants their heart because after he has their heart, the drugs will take care of themselves. That's right. And so 
especially with students, it's really easy to do with students because we can see their behavior. And as adults, we can see what they need to stop doing. But it's not about what they do or they don't do. It's about who they are. And when they know that they're a daughter of the king, they're not going to do that. The love of, it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. And so the love of the father actually compels them to lay down those things. And we don't even have to bring it up. That's right. That's good. That's right. That's where the Holy Spirit works, right? Yeah. That's where the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. once we accept and know him, John 14, right we're talking about john 40 that's where the holy spirit works that's where the conviction comes from not by blake staying on standing on a stage saying well if you're doing drugs and if you're if you're going to parties right like yeah the holy spirit can use that and can utilize that but we can't do anything we can't make change but what we can is we can accept the change and I think a big part of it is we have to, as leaders, be willing to accept that change as what it really is. And, and I, don't, I think one part is we don't see fruit immediately from our students and then we get frustrated, right? We're like, but you raised your hand at camp last year and said, you want to know Jesus. And now I don't see any change. Well, yeah. that, 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 that's not how it works necessarily. And, and, and I absolutely love what you're saying. I think it's, it's that childlike faith to have. So that's when huge. The, when you think of the parable of the four soils, you don't want that quick mm. fruit. What's going to happen mm. to that? It's gone. The, the, the minute yeah. the wind changes, the minute the wind changes, that fruit is gone. It can't stand anything. But then you go to Jeremiah 17 and it says, like it talks about the fruit that comes from the beautiful tree and the fruit, yeah. the reason that it can withstand anything, it doesn't matter, the heat, the wind, the rain, the dryness, no matter what, it never fails to bear fruit. Why? Because it puts down a root that goes deep enough to the stream that never fails it. And so no matter what happens, when our circumstances shift, we can be fruitful, not by what's above the surface, but by what's below the surface. It's not about what I'm doing that's going to make Come on. me eternally fruitful. It's about who I'm being and what I'm rooted in. Gosh, that was good. Can you say that again? Say the you, the that's quick fruit thing. Say that good. again. Say that quote one more time. Come on. I love it. You don't want that quick fruit. We don't want that quick fruit. Why? Oh, <laughs> say it louder for the people in the back. You don't that's want that so quick good. fruit. It Gosh. takes time. Fruit development takes time you will it, you guys are student pastors it might be they might be 25 before you see the fruit yeah. of real identity yeah. transformation you're you're investing in a generation yeah. of fruit that you're actually not going to get to eat and so to be discouraged when you don't have it right then is to be looking at the wrong thing you got to think like what are these kids gonna who are they gonna be when they're 25 what are they clinging to what do they know it's not it's not just about the instant fruit that we are we chase in student ministries, right? Because we want that. Fruit tastes good for a reason. But it's about the longevity of the fruit. And so if we can go deep instead of go wide, then we, we are setting we are setting students up for eternal uh, victory. Come on. Dude, can we get a shirt that just says we don't want that quick fruit? <laughs> yes. Yes. We will we yes. will put one out Yo. for all of our listeners. Wow. That's so I mean, good. I just, I just, I'm thinking, so you answered my question. I was going to ask, I didn't even ask it. You answered it. 
Um, because I think about, so the question was, how do we lead students effectively to go off the beaten path? And I think, I think you hit it, uh, because it comes, it becomes down to who they are, not about what they do. And if they know who they are, they know who they are in Jesus. They know who they, they know who the father is to them. They know that. Then I think the beaten path becomes normal. I think that's something that they'll follow because of who they know him as, not because, well, if you take this left turn right here where you're just, you're going to get there. Uh, you know, and that's my country. I hide it for you guys to, 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 so you don't get scared, but that's what we'd say. Well, here's the three steps on how to take the beaten path, but I don't think that's it. I think you hit it. I think leading students down the beaten path is teaching them who they are and who their father is and that they can trust him that when he says to go that way, they'll go. And here's why it's really hard because it's different for everyone. Mm. I like, I, I parent both of my kids differently because they're different. It's good. And so mm-hmm. he parents all of us so differently. And so it's really hard to be in ministry and to disciple in the way that Jesus discipled. He talked to Peter yeah. one way. He talked to John. We can see it in the way he talks about them. He related to them differently. And yet we put, we put students and adults in boxes and we say, here's what first base looks like for your faith and development. Here's what second base looks like. But that's just not the way that Jesus does it. So it's really hard to reproduce it in a um, inside of a the idea of like a business. It's really hard for it to be reproducible, but it, it's it multiplies when we make it relational. Come on, come on, that's it. That's legit. I absolutely love that. I absolutely love that. And that on the back of the t-shirt will say that exact last quote. Like, I'm, yes. I'm serious. This has been one of the best podcasts we've done, Kristen. Thank you so much. Yeah. I, I definitely agree. Um, th- th- this whole podcast has been encouraging, mm-hmm. Kristen. Um, but yes. what we like, what we like for our guests to do at the end here is take three to five minutes just to give a word of encouragement to youth pastors out there. What is something you believe that the Lord's speaking to you that would equip, empower, encourage youth pastors, youth workers listening? It could be something related to uh, the book, related to just just on your heart. What is the Lord speaking to you right now? Hmm. So the word that the Lord is speaking to me right now is he's talking to me and uh, about, he said, the way that we enter in is important. And so... Um, and I've been applying that across the board. So here's what that's mean. That's meant for me. And the way we enter into um, relationships, the way we enter into our ministry opportunities, the way I enter into speaking on the weekends, the way I enter into a conflict resolution conversation, the way I helped my kids enter into their first week of school today, um, the way I enter in uh, to a night out with my husband, like, the way that we enter in is important. And um, just about like, it's about my posture, right? What, where am I at? What am I, am I coming into a relationship? Am I coming into a conversation with preconceived notions and ideologies in my head? Or am I coming in full of grace and truth, uh, ready to listen and hear and, and have a posture like Jesus would. And so uh, when I'm thinking about youth pastors, as I say that right now, what comes to my mind is um, I can remember this as a youth pastor is entering in with pressure and performance, entering in with uh, and, and 
unique awareness of who was in the room or who wasn't in the room sometimes. And um, just entering in with all of those things on my shoulders. And I just, if I had it to go back and do over again, right, I would enter in with the presence of Jesus. Because that's all that matters, right? If there's, if there's one student in there, if there's one adult, it, what is God doing? Where is he working? And how can I join him? That's the task. It's not mm-hmm. delivering the perfect talk. It's not having a crazy full room. Like all of those things are amazing and super fun. And I love big crowds. And I want hundreds of students at anything I'm teaching at, right? I love all of that stuff. But if I've entered in with anything other than Jesus, then I've entered in with the wrong posture and I'm going to miss out on what he actually has for me. And what he has for me is what's supposed to overflow for them. Mm. The best thing I can do for them is to enter in in his presence because it's not me that's going to satisfy. It's the presence of Jesus. Come on. Come on. That's good. What he has for me is meant to overflow to them. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was so good. That was awesome. Yeah, that's so good. I, I so hope someone's been sitting on a nickname. To do a women's conference. <laughs> <laughs> right. When you I, keep, come uh, on. Come on. Now, now. The wisest I got, one of I, all. You got a nickname? I got a nickname. I got a nickname. I got two. I got two <laughs> Wow. Nicknames. You get two yeah. nicknames. Come on. I think it's special right now. Well, well, here's the thing. If you guys could watch this, one of the – things has done the entire time is just smile so we could call her Kristen smiley but i don't know if that if that's a good nickname i mean that's a good nickname yeah that's a you know Kristen smiley doing that's a that's a good nickname but but here's the thing miss dooley this is not that's not your nickname Kristen the wisdom dooley yes the wisdom. the wisdom the wisdom the wisdom the wisdom, the wisdom. Oh, because I'm, here's the thing you can't just have a goofy like it's a nickname like if you're pretending to be in a wrestling ring you're coming in they're like they she's about to drop some wisdom yeah that's your that's your that's it the wisdom Kristen, the wisdom duly yeah i yes. agree dropping it 100%. dropping the hammer all day yep. but yeah, hey I'm can good. i just tell you this i'm so thankful uh for people like you that have good discernment. I'm so thankful that God has given you the, the gift of discernment. Um, I can tell that right now, just by having this conversation with you, that you have the wisdom uh, and, 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 just, and, and a gift of discernment. And it is so evident that everything that you do is through that lens of discernment and through seeking what God wants, not necessarily what's good for you and your family. And that's extremely difficult. Um, but I am just so blessed to be having this conversation with you. And I know all of our listeners will be blessed by this. Uh, and I know us sitting here, every one of us are just so stoked that yeah, on today. So you so, much. I really, so how we end it, I'm going to end it. I don't care what you guys <laughs> say. I'm an internet. This is how we end it. Kristen, give us, Give all the listeners, where are you on, on the socials? Where are you on the socials? Graham is holding up a, a t-shirt design that says. That's going to be, wisdom. yes. We're um, going to make a shirt for you, Kristen. Say. Where are you on social? Where, where can people, yeah. Where can people find you on socials? 
and uh, and things like that. And your, when your book come out, and how do we get it? And can I pre-order it? Because if it has half the stuff that you've given me today, then I want it. And so, yes. come on, show it, share it. So let's go. Yes. So everything is Kristen Dooley, like K R I S T A N D O O L E Y. And so it's uh, Twitter is just Kristen Dooley. My Facebook is just Kristen Dooley. My author page is Kristen Dooley. Um, Awesome. Instagram. Keep it, keep it simple. You can pre-order the book right now at Amazon or Barnes and Noble. It will be out on September 15th. What pre-ordering does is it does two things. A, it helps me because I get those orders. All of those pre-orders actually count for orders on launch day. So that gives me lots of good sales on launch Perfect. day. Um, but what it does yep. for you is the book will show up at your house on launch day. So you are guaranteed to get the, of the book. So that's kind of fun. Sweet. Is it on Audible? Uh, I'm working on it right now. It will be. It's, yes. it's coming and it's so fun to do my own audio book. Oh, yeah. You're reading it? Yeah, I'm reading it myself. That's awesome. Praise God. I want That's the best. Oh, reading it? I'm going to get both. I'm, I'm going to get multiple. I'm going to get I'm going to get both. both. I'm going to order it from my for, students. I'm just thinking for, about people right now that need to hear this. You know? Yeah, Absolutely. So you're going to change all of your handles to the wisdom, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That's how I'll have people introduce me now. It'll be her spam account. (laughs) That's right. It'll be your your Twitter spam account. Your PG-13 Twitter account that nobody knows who it really is. It's just you going off on people. Nice. That would be awful. That's good. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. You just you just troll us. I'm definitely making that new t-shirt. Yeah. We don't we don't want that Dude. quick fruit. Youth Pastors United. Youth Ministry United. We we don't want that yes. quick fruit. We ain't none of that quick stuff. That's so good. Wow. This has been a lot of fun. Awesome. Man. Thank you so much. Well, Chris, thank you so much, guys. Yeah. End it. Goodbye. End it. I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll end it. Yes. See you it's later. Awesome. <laughs> Let me end it real quick. Um, Kristen, it's been so much fun having you on. We loved it. It was so encouraging. Um, for all of us at Youth Ministry United, we love you. We'll see you next time.